This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that U.S. negotiators have offered to slash existing tariffs by as much as half on roughly $360 billion worth of Chinese-made goods as a way to cancel the new round of levies that would take effect on Sunday. That, according to the Wall Street Journal hearing from people briefed on the matter. The two sides, the U.S. and China, continue to hammer out a limited trade deal that could help prevent an increasingly shaky bilateral relationship from sinking even further. Brett Decker is a former editor at The Wall Street Journal, now a professor of business at Defiance College in Ohio, and he joins us right now. Brett, great to have you back with us. Great to be on again, Dan. Uh, we, boy, we have a lot to talk about, don't we? We do have a lot, and, and your former employer coming out with this headline, and, and obviously it seems like right now uh, that the administration is looking for ways to have to, that they can avoid putting these tariffs in place coming up on Sunday. Yeah, you know, what's interesting about this. I was talking to people last night uh, in the administration, and they had a different line than is coming out this morning, so I think it it shows us that this is a very fluid process still, um, you know, kind of up at the 11th hour. Uh, and I think one thing you see happening is I think some of the pre- President Trump's advisors are telling him, hey, we don't want to pour cold water on Christmas shopping. That's around the corner. Um, and, you know, in a, in a robust uh, consumer year, uh, U.S. US uh, shoppers buy about a trillion dollars in goods uh, in the Christmas season. Yeah. If you think about that, right, we have a GDP of you know, around 20 trillion. Um, I mean, that's 5% of our, our annual economy. So I think people are telling Trump, hey, I, I don't necessarily think if anything happens this weekend, um, that it, it reflects what's going to happen next year, uh, for sure. But I think people are saying, look, we don't want to put a chill on on the holiday shopping season. And I think I think that's what you see happening this morning. Well, it, it made me wonder if it was more than just the holiday shopping period, Brad, yeah. and looking ahead to 2020, because obviously we, President Trump has been able to carry a little bit of momentum. The GDP numbers have been pretty good over the last year. They haven't been as good as obviously a lot of people would like. That being said, they haven't tanked either. And we are going into the election season. Once we hit January 1st, 2020, so many any more people's attention is going to be focused on the November elections. Yeah, it's a great point. And I think, you know, in the context of the election, I think the one question is, is, is some deal with China too soon right now? Um, and if you look at sort of the overall scheme of things, uh, right when we get back from the new year, we're expecting a trade deal, uh, Congress to approve the trade deal with Mexico and Canada. Um, so if there's going to be a boost from that, uh, Trump might be able to hold on to this for another kick later. Um, you know, if you look at the USMCA, the replacement of NAFTA, you know, our trade with Mexico and Canada is actually a lot bigger um, and a lot more export friendly than our trade is. Uh, our trade is with China. Our total uh, trade with China goods and services is about 740 billion, and if you add Canada and Mexico together. Um, it's 1.4 trillion, almost double of our trade in China. A lot of times that gets um, gets overlooked. So Trump's going to have this great news to uh, celebrate uh, right after the holidays with this uh, with uh, China uh, with the Mexico Canada deal. So he might be able to you know punt a little bit and delay on on a China deal um, and save that for later in the year when he he might need uh, 
uh, some, you know, some to get some political points scored, uh, especially with impeachment and, and things like that. Well, and that made me wonder as well of how much impact there would be on a potential negotiation with China at this moment specifically because of the fact that all the attention the last week has been around USMCA and getting that deal done. Yeah, to me it seems a little it seems a little premature. Um, you know, and it's kind of hard to tell who's leaking what uh, to right. try to gain momentum even internally in White House negotiations, right? The president has two different camps, some are China hawks um, and some want to uh, uh, some want to de-escalate this trade war as quickly as possible. So um, I think what's interesting, aside from what's coming out of the administration, is compared to when we talked last month, you hear nothing coming um, out of China at all. So um, in November, uh, Chinese officials were leaking to anybody that had a blog or a website that they were going to get a deal done by the end of this year, um, and that they were saying right even that they were going to get it done in time for this uh, summit that was canceled in Santiago. Uh, Chilean protests canceled that. But they're saying, wow, we, we basically had it done. Well, you don't hear anything coming out of China now. And, and whether that's because, uh, um, you know, whether, whether that's because they're holding their cards close or they want to put tre- pressure on U.S. administration, I'm not sure. But the fact that there's nothing coming out of there, I think it's pretty interesting that, that China is not saying much and you're hearing everything out of the administration this time, the U.S. administration, which is the opposite of what we had uh, a month ago. So, again, for people that that haven't been following this closely, Brad, a phase one deal would most likely include what, do you think? Well, I think on our side, uh, the president's priorities have been um, to roll back pork and soybean tariffs permanently. A week ago, um, China announced that they're going to start buying more pork. Uh, the stock market reacted to that a little bit. A uh, word out of Beijing recently has been, well, this wasn't really to placate Trump for a larger trade deal. It was because they have a, a, a swine flu problem and they, they needed to buy more pork. So I think on our side, we really want, uh, or, the, or, or the president really wants, um, this sort of uh, lightening of Chinese tariffs on agricultural products to help him in the heartland uh, politically. Um, China, China's just saying, look, we want you to roll back anything, right? We have about five, you know, around 500 billion or something in tariffs right now. China's saying for everything we roll back, they'll roll back dollar for dollar. Um, so I think China's really nervous right now, and it's not only because of the immediate economic impact. They're starting to sweat it a little, thinking that uh, the last 30 years of this interdependence between the U.S. and Chinese economy might be receding a little bit. It didn't. It didn't get a lot of press attention, but I think it was profound in its impacts. Um, this summer in June, for the first time, uh, for the first time in many, many years, uh, Japan owns more U.S. debt uh, than China does now, which is interesting, right? It means we're going to be less dependent on Chinese holdings of uh, U.S. denominated debt. Um, but also, if you start seeing some of these other trends, everyone's t- this right. This trade war has been going on a year and a half for eight, about eighteen months now. Well, our economy is still doing really well, right? The stock market's uh, setting new records. Unemployment's down to three and a half percent. It's you know the the uh, jobs growth is higher than it was projected. China is seeing exactly the opposite happen. Um, their last quarter, their their GDP growth is only six percent. Um, it was pr- that's lower than it was projected. 
the quarter before it was 6.2%, which was lower than projected. So despite this big trade war, our economy uh, is, is still doing really well. China is suffering, and I think China is worried. Um, the future might be uh, U.S. repositioning its, its, its large economic relationship uh, with Beijing, especially um, there's this big movement already of factories from China uh, to Southeast Asia, especially Vietnam, yeah. and U.S. companies are financing part of that. So I think, you know, th- this larger context to me is, is, is fascinating. It, it is going to be interesting, though, because the last couple of years, the theme really has been U.S. companies wanting to be in China because of the size of that marketplace. And now if we are having this shift, it truly could be a significant uh, hurdle to cross for the Chinese government moving forward if you see more and more companies decide that they want to go to places like Vietnam or they want to go farther and they want to go to Australia. It, it could be a significant problem. Yeah, I think I think that's a really important point, Dan. And I think it gets to this question of, and we weren't sure what the answer was for 10 or 15 years, but who needs who more, right? And and I think the answer now is China definitely needs us more because we mostly use them as a cheap production uh, uh, location for consumer products. But production can move anywhere that's cheap, right? You can right. move it to Vietnam, move it to Latin America. But China can't replace our consumer market. They sell you know, about a quarter of their goods and services to us. There's nowhere else they can go to sell that. They're pretty much tapped out in Europe right now. Um, so we can we can buy stuff from other places. They can't sell it anywhere else. So I think I think that's a pretty uh, pretty interesting dynamic. So with with the comments by the president today, are you leaning more towards some sort of arrangement being made this weekend? And maybe it's not the full announcement, but it, at least it's it's backing off these December fifteenth tariffs, where we may have a few more days to to really close in on a on a phase one deal agreement. Yeah, I mean, right. It's it's really. Uh, I think it's going to go down to the wire, right? Because December fifteenth is on Sunday. It's Thursday already. What's interesting about this kind of running clock is uh, generally the protocol is that you have to that the U.S. government um, has to post any changes in tariff policy five days before they happen. Well, that was what was, that was yesterday, I guess. Right. So so you have to the Federal Register, which is a record of official government announcements. Usually tariffs are announced five days in advance, which has already passed. Um, the Trump administration has gone till uh, the, 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 the 12 o'clock hour, like the, the day before uh, in, in previous instances. So uh, that might be happening again. But I think I, I still kind of think uh, we might get to Sunday and these tariffs might happen. I, I think we have this mm-hmm. Christmas thing in the background. But I think Trump feels pretty strong where the U.S. economy is. And right, right, he's he's a, a deal maker, right? Famously, I think he sees his hand as being stronger um, than China's. So I I wouldn't be surprised if if these happen um, on Sunday, and then um, trying to get any bigger deal, any first phase deal, um, you know, gets moved into uh, February, March, in the, or the spring. We're joined by Brett Decker, uh, former editor at the Wall Street Journal, talking about the latest on the uh, China trade dispute. Uh, it does make me wonder then if we were to get to a phase one deal, then and a lot of these tariffs are rolled back of whether or not it 
puts China in, again, a kind of a stubborn mood in terms of negotiating moving forward on anything else. They certainly have been already in terms of things like intellectual property. Yeah, I, you know, and I think, I, I, think, I think this gets down to that kind of fundamental question of um, who's sweating it out more. And, and, you know, President Xi has a lot of negative things going on. Um, you know, uh, even two, three years ago, I'm sure you remember, there was still all this news about China was going to surpass the U.S. economy yep. by like 2025. Yeah. Well, right, they're 60, 65 percent of our economy only, right? So that 2025 number, not nobody's worrying about it. But also, I think these ideas, these fundamental weaknesses in the Chinese economy are becoming more apparent, are becoming clearer to people. And I think she knows other people are seeing it, too. Um, so I think his negotiating position isn't isn't really very strong. And if you look at it, um, like what we're talking about, U.S. companies wanting to tap into that Chinese consumer market, you know, that's receding now dramatically. And, and even if you look at, you know, number two economy in the world, you know, even 65 percent of the U.S. economy, well, that's pretty, that's, that's a huge economy. But if you get down to what does it mean on a per capita basis, in almost every category, um, the Chinese are still like, they're like number 100. They might be the number two GDP in the world, but they're still around between 70 and 100 in almost every single per capita category. So um, that's one reason U.S. businesses aren't worried about selling to China anymore is because if you're a hundredth in per capita spending, there's not really a heck of a lot to, to do there, right? There's not a lot of growth there. So so I think I think President Xi, um, you know, he, he still thinks he's going to put – he still thinks he has a strong – you know, he likes to think he has a strong hand, but I think he's going to start worrying pretty – you know, those GDP numbers, that growth continuing to decline, right. they were used to double-digit growth for, dec- for two decades. Um, I think he's going to have to he's going to have to look in the mirror, and make some hard choices. Next Br- year. Brett, thanks very much. Brett Decker, former editor at The Wall Street Journal, now professor of business at Defiance College in Ohio. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.